Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Damn these Biloxi blues. It happens every night And I ain't never met a riverboat dealer That could ever be a friend of mine I have not The summer heat never treats me kind It leaves trouble on my mind So I'm bidding farewell Putting in my notice And I'll see you at another time This highway Does not know my name And I don't care No Heading my way for another place, and I got three good tires and a spare. Right to the hook, right here. Just a white line gypsy getting out of Mississippi with just enough gas to keep there. Budget live, not so freaking live from the Low Budget Live Bar and Grill right here in beautiful, sunny, middle Tennessee. And what's up? What's up? What's up? You bunch of low lifers. And if you're just tuning into this for the first time ever and you're like, this son of a gun right here has insulted me by calling me a low lifer, that is what the listeners of this program refer to themselves as, the ones that enjoy themselves. You got people that listen every week that don't enjoy themselves, but they but they got to watch, you know, they got to listen. But the loyal, loyal, loyal listeners of this program refer to themselves as low lifers. So if you're listening, you're a low lifer, whether you like it or not. Welcome. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Hope everybody is doing well out there. Recording this one a little early. A little early because me and the triple threat are fixing to ski-daddle. All the COVID is gone from the Duncan house. Thank the good Lord. And we are uh, headed south. We're going. I'm fixing a Dragon Express boat. 
to parts unknown to do a little saltwater fishing, believe it or not. We're going we gonna to get with it. But this is the podcast for Monday, September the 6th, and I believe you are going to enjoy it. I have a great guest lined up that I have been trying to get on here for a while, and I am very, very excited to talk to him, to say the very least. Um, one of, first and foremost, got to just get these sponsors just, just, absolutely put them up on a pedestal because they bring low budget live to the masses every single week gotta start right here StarTron, Starbright, the fine folks down there in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, making StarTron, making Starbright cleaning products, StarTron kicking ethanol in the teeth in your weed eater, in your chainsaw in your outboard engine. Nothing ruins a great day on the water like an outboard engine that won't run due to stupid dumb ethanol so put a little dab in your tank Right there, this bottle will treat like 200 and something gallons. Like, it's crazy. Let's see right here. Right here. 256 gallons, to be exact, right here. Just little right there. Look, it's, it, you shake it up, you put it in your tank, kicking ethanol in the teeth. And I, I have people reach out to me asking questions about, hey, man, can I use just old regular gas and then put that in there, and I'm am I protected? And... I would tell you, yes, that's what I that's what I do in my outboard. It's what I do in my truck. I've never had any issues. I use StarTron. I'm a cheapskate. I've mentioned that on here many, many times. I ain't using that. We got ethanol-free marine grade around here. I ain't giving you no 40 or 50 cents more a gallon. StarTron, baby. Kicking ethanol in the teeth. We appreciate them bringing low-budget live to life right there. Sims Fishing Products, the amazing products from Sims, getting you out there, keeping you dry, keeping you cool, keeping you warm in all the elements. You know, our sport is played outside, no rain delays for the most part. MLF does a rain delay every now and then, but for the most part, no weather delays, right? So you got to be out there in the elements. You got to be out there in it. So suit up with some Sims, and I'm here to remind all of you low lifers, you get one life, fish it well. Pro Guide batteries, they just dropped them lithiums about a month ago. I got them in the X21. I love them. I've been running those 31 series AGMs all year, still running one for a cranking battery. You can get yours at ProGuideBatteries.com by using code LBL10. Get you a little, get you a little break. Tell them we sent you. Y'all been using that code, man. We didn't sold them out of batteries a couple times this year. That's a, that's a good thing, and I appreciate all you low lifers. But LBL10 over there at Pro Guide Batteries. And last but not least, I mentioned it at the first of the dang show, Hang the Banner, the fine people from Hot Springs, Arkansas, and Express Boats, the official boat, never gets old saying that, the official boat of Low Budget Live and the Traveling Circus, the Express X-21. And y'all know I'm, I'm making some content on that thing. Y'all know I'm trying to put it through the paces, and I've had it at the Great Lakes. I've had it super shallow. I've been, I've been you know, humping it out of that thing all year. We're going to the salt with it this weekend to do a little inshore fishing, see what happens, see what happens. I, I mean, I, I, I know how it's going to perform, but uh, my only concern is me being an idiot and running up on an oyster bar. <laughs> <laughs> where I'm going, uh, the 250 show say skirt, and I may be there when the tide drops out. So uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's cool, man. I'm looking forward to going and and putting it through its paces. 
that's the cool thing about the nature of that boat, especially with sea deck. Like I wouldn't have never, you know, never in a million years, I would not want to take a bass boat with carpet to that inshore thing, just redfish, speckled trout. They're slimy, you know, and uh, hope to be putting a bunch of them on that front deck. So with the sea deck, spray it out. And of course it's brackish water So I don't think you got to worry too much You know, just spray everything off Spray your rods and reels down real good But I'm going to take that express Down uh, down to the Gulf Coast We're going to go pound around in the bay And see if we can catch some redfish Of course I'll be filming it Lord willing And uh, there's actually one of the one of the places I'm going There's a river that feeds It's actually got bass And I'm going to try to Try to do both Of course we're going to veg out on the beach too, right? It ain't going to be all X21 time Says the triple threat She said this ain't a fishing vacation Luke Duncan But we're going to go down there And uh, and have us a good time And at Express X21 At least a couple days Come on Triple threat Hopefully But uh, Express Boats Hot Springs, Arkansas Building excitement Since 1966 And I'm, I'm excited To get back in that thing This weekend On another long weekend And another bucket list trip All right uh, Real quick BPT schedule drop That's really the only Fishing news this week And man I gotta say I got to say, I'm going I'm to pull it up and look at it real quick right here. Uh, I applaud them. It, it's like MPFL for trying to go to different places this year. You can definitely tell that they are, I mean, getting out there. Stage one, the first event, Lake Diarbon, Caney Creek Reservoir, and Bussy or Boosie Break. I say Boosie. Boosie. But I, I've been uh, I've been around those areas before down around Monroe, Louisiana. They got bigs in them. That's going to be very very cool. Stage two Lake Fork is in February. Yeah, you never know. I mean, I think they'll catch obviously you know freaking giants. Stage three Smith Lake, and on top of the Bassmaster Classic, no surprises there. But uh, they're you know those guys have an excuse not to come this year. So on top of the classic. We'll see how that goes. Um, Red Crest, Red Crest 2022 Grand Lake. So we're going back there. And uh, they're going to have a highly attended consumer show, it says here in the description. They've never had one, but they're going to have a highly attended one there. General Tire Heavy Hitters 2022 Lake Palestine. That's a that's a just got biggins in it. Lake of the Ozarks. April 30th through May the 5th. That's a cool one. Watts Bar Lake, Spring City, Tennessee. There's some other trails talking about going there, I believe. Um, But, yeah, that's a great lake on the Tennessee River. Kind of gets overshadowed by Chick and some of the others, but a good one. Cayuga Lake in New York and then Malax to round it out. It's a cool schedule. It's a cool schedule. Uh, Of course, schedule on top of the Classic, whatever. I mean, it's expected. So, scheduled on top of the Classic. We'll – See how that plays out for guys, you know, not not being at the expo and whatever. And I, you know, I no shocks. I've got texts about it, messages about it. I don't know. It's, it, it's two competing businesses, so it's going to happen, right? But killer schedule going to new places other than Fork and Smith. A lot of new new. So I think it's cool. Uh, I mean, we've seen Cayuga and some elites. We've seen like the Ozarks and a lot of Toyotas and things, but. I am here for it. Um, I'm, um, I think it's pretty cool. They announced it on BTL. Mark Jeffries getting the ex- the scoop, son. Jeffries just just eating it up. And when I talked about another podcast on last week's show, 
Jeffrey's reached out because I think some of y'all were messaging him telling him I was talking crap about him, but I indeed was not. Was not doing that. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that first one down there at Caney Creek Lake Dior Bone. I think that's pretty uh, pretty slick. Let's see here. Text our guest. Right now. So our guest today is somebody, like I said, he is a, uh, to me, he is a legend in this sport. And I think he is to many people. I think his career is very underrated for, and, and the reason I say that, I feel like he has, man, he's had so many big wins at, at so many different times and he's been around for so long, but I, I think people, I don't know, I, I think he, he, he's won the Forcewood Cup, he's barely missed winning the Classic a couple times, he is absolutely a freak of nature, let's see here. All right. He has over $3 million in combined earnings from all the tournament trails. Ladies and gentlemen, from all the way out there in California, Brent Ayler. What's up, Brent? What's happening? Man, I am. uh, I was just reading off your stat line. Oh, nice. And I think, I mean, you're one of those guys that you probably don't know what it is because you just go fish, but like, I. I knew I said I've said this before. I think you are I think you're obviously a living legend in the sport of bass fishing, dude. I know you're a very humble guy, but you are, dude. Over three million dollars in earnings, fifty top tens, eight wins, a Forest Wood Cup win in there, a couple close calls at the classic. Like, do you ever just kind of take that in or are you just a guy that like I'm going to the next event to do the best I can? <laughs> no, I, you know, I, I definitely just kind of try and go to the next one. Um, you know, I look at it more right now as in like, man, I'm, I've had some, some great accomplishments and I'm truly blessed for that, but gosh dang it, I want it to happen again, you know? Yeah, I, I get and that. It's been a little bit since I've won. I think it was maybe 15. Yeah. Uh, I won the TTBC. I think that yep. was the last one. I've had a few close calls, a couple seconds, a couple thirds, but, uh, you know, I just want to be in contention again. And, uh, you know, consistency has always been the my goal, but after, you can only do that for so long before you just want to win one, you know? Well, and you are one of those guys that that, that word consistency definitely, definitely it just it's, – it's your deal, man. And But for Thank so you. long, I feel like when you became the meter man, like that, that's – I'll never forget that, man. And you were doing so many different things, and you were – you were finding these fish on your electronics, especially on the tour, to get those victories, and you were just beating the brakes off of people when you when you would find that special thing. You were always doing something a little different. Is that? Can you kind of contribute that to your West Coast, like growing up out there, and you guys having so many different conditions you face, or what? What makes you look at a lake different, like Lake Cumberland, when you won the uh, the EverStart Series Championship that time? I mean, is that? something that you can relate back home, like Hartwell, those kind of lakes? You know, not not really, to be honest with you. There's, okay. there's very few places um, that, that I can relate to home. And the, the funny thing is okay. that the, the, the ones that I can relate to are not necessarily, you know, my favorites, meaning that you know, I go to the Potomac River that's <laughs> tidal and has, you know, grass in it. It feels like the Delta that, that I've – 
fished, mm-hmm. you know, plenty of times out here out west, but it's not necessarily my home lake. Um, I'm comfortable with some of the clear water reservoirs and doing different things like that. You know, Hartwell's one of them. It's a little bit clearer, fishing a little bit deeper. But it fishes completely different than anything out here, too. So, you know, it's kind of that learn-as-you-go type of thing. And, and really, every place that we go is completely different to what I fish out here. So I can't really... Um, you know, I can't really put a finger on why I've been able to do well in some of these. Yeah. I honestly think it's probably just the diverse fisheries we have out here because I can fish a clear water reservoir today and then run and go fish the Cal Delta that's tidal and grass. And, you know, we have a lot of those things where if you look at some guy, you know, guy that grows up over by Lake Norman, you know, he just skips docks all day. That's right. You know? <laughs> You know, a guy in Alabama, same thing. He might just skip docks or day. He might just be fishing a river system. That's right. You know, and fishing tail races and flipping current and stuff like that. So I think we have a lot of different options out here, but definitely the the more pronounced one are definitely reservoirs, something that has a dam on it. You know, yeah. It's uh, a little bit clearer water. Fish tend to get a little bit deeper. And a lot of those desert-type lakes, you, you fish a lot of those. I see your post a lot. So that's probably where that love of the finesse came. I shouldn't say love. Maybe you don't. I've seen you catch giants, like, down in Florida flipping and stuff, too. So maybe you don't like the finesse game. But I feel like more times than not, man, we see you with a spinning rod when you're really just wrecking all. Yeah, I think that I think I'm definitely more comfortable doing that. There's, there's no doubt about it. Um, I think I'm definitely not scared to do it. You know, it's – a lot of the guys that grow up power fishing, I think they just they have zero confidence in, in in picking up a spinning rod, which I have all the confidence in the world doing that. Um, you know, I have zero confidence in picking up a big flipping stick and stick and punching a one ounce weight. I can do it, but I'm not going to go and search that out. You know, so there's definitely things that I could work on, but I think that I'm able to over a season pick up a spinning rod more and do well with it. Oh, yeah, for sure, man. Especially uh, I see Smith Lake on the BPT schedule for next year around a familiar yeah. time of year. You uh, <laughs> Did you see that one? And you're like, uh-huh. Yeah, come yeah, on. Man. I, I remember a Smith Lake tournament down there that you you showed them what uh, West Coast <laughs> fish, fishing was <laughs> yeah. all about and exposed a technique. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's, uh, it's changed a ton. Uh, we fished it, shoot, three years ago yeah, now for the April Tour. Yeah, it was later in the year and, and we had a really good shad spawn in the morning and, you know, completely different, but this one's going to be earlier. Um, shoot, they might be spawning when we go there. I can't remember the exact date, but. You know, it's, it, that one is actually on top of the classic, which I'm not, that's, that's not why I brought it up, but that, that one is the second through the seventh. So it's that first week of March time frame. You never know what it could be. Oh, I it guess. is an early March. Early March. It was in April. No, so early March. Cold and, I mean. Cold and nasty. <laughs> yeah, that, which is how it was that time that you uh, – I'll that that was just iconic, you flipping that giant one in the boat that time. I don't even remember what that fish weighed, <laughs> but it was just ridiculous, man. Uh, absolutely ridiculous. Well, speaking of BPT, so looking at AOY, you guys got one to go. Mm-hmm. You're running down Ott and Wheeler. You're not far away from, from Ott. I mean – is that something you think about as a veteran guy going into that last event? Like, I really want to win AOI, or is it just another tournament to you? How do you? Because I, I love talking to guys that are in contention for AOIs because everybody's kind of got a different philosophy 
you're obviously very consistent. You've mentioned that, but is that something you think about sitting at home right now? Like, man, I've got to, I've got to do this in that tournament to potentially win. Is that something you you even care to think about? You know, I, I you know, if someone said they don't think about it, they'd be lying. You know, so I I for sure think about it. Um, you know, that's one thing that has eluded me in on the national circuit. I've I've won it in divisional stuff, um, the AOI, but you know, at this point, I've led it multiple times i've been in second multiple times i, I lost to dudley in flw by one point one time. i remember that yeah um you know so a lot of things uh you know i've been there it's not really i'm not going to stress about it um because it's not going to help me i definitely think about it but you know what i'm not worried i'm in a great position right now meaning that i'm the one that's chasing i'm not the guy with the target you <laughs> that's know? right i'm not that you know i'm not odd you know, Ott's going to have a lot more pressure than me because if one of us beats him, then he lost it. And so the pressure's on him. That's know? right. <laughs> I, I really like being where I am at, you know, being in that position, just kind of hiding in the shadows, waiting to pounce, you know. So um, I love St. Clair. It is, it is one of my favorite fisheries in the entire country. Uh, I've never made a cut there, though, which is funny, even though it's still it's, it's by far – uh, you know, it's top three in the country of all time for me. So, oh wow, okay. I but you've never made a cut. I would, I would have thought that you would have made a cut there. No, I've, I've never made a cut there. I've had some, you know, twentieth, some good ones. Yeah, there. yeah. Um, I've had some bad finishes there too. So, but it's funny because it is one of my favorite places in the country, which is, which is strange. I just love the way it. it I love the way they fish there. You know, you have to find, you have to fish for them to find them. You mm-hmm. can't idle around and find them. And then yes. when you do find them, it's fun to go back and catch them there. It's just, it's an interesting fishery, um, different than anything else in the country. You know, flats, you're not really, you know, I tend to fish in the lake. I don't go and fish up the rivers and fish current breaks and stuff. I fish the lake. So you're, you're really just trying to find a needle in the haystack. And when you do, it's, it's a lot of needles, you know, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of needles. I love that, man. It's uh, It really is because there's not a lot of, for folks listening, like there's not a ton of contour changes. It's just kind of blah for the most part. And those fish just roam around. So you see guys just go miles and miles and miles and miles. Some of the tournaments in the past, like it's, and I've been there a few times. I'm with you. It's one of my, my absolute favorite places. I fished uh, the tour there in, I guess we went there in 2018, I had almost 18 pounds the first day and was 72nd. (laughs) I will never forget that because I was staying in an area. Larry Nixon was staying right next door to me. He was sitting out on the porch uh, after day one, and he was behind me. He had like 17 and change. It was like in the 80s. And I said, Nixon, you ever seen anything like this? He said, hell no. (laughs) And I was, I mean, it was just, it was such a, such, I mean, almost took a hundred pounds to win, but it's, it's a special fishery, man. It's, uh, you know, I think it gets overshadowed in the last couple of years by the St. Lawrence, Mm -hmm, but it's such a special fishery and, uh, Everybody needs yeah. to take care of all those fisheries up there because, man, they yeah. are—they're so great compared to the rest of the country. It is. It's yeah. Both of them are very good. St. Lawrence is, is exceptional. Um, St. Clair, I think, has not had too much attention right now because Canada has been closed. Yes. Um, when Canada is open, it's a really good fishery. Um, you know, right now I, I'm assuming that the fishing is very good over in Canada. We are not allowed to go there, which is uh, okay. Is a bummer. That's what I was going to ask. Are you guys going to be able to go? No, we're not. 
Um, you know, I don't know the exact reasons for it. I, I think it could be stat units and cell ping, you know, pinging off the Canadian towers and the expense level would be too high to do I that. Gotcha. I don't know that for a fact. Would uh, make sense though. Different. Yeah. Yeah. They use different cell units, you know, to run the, to be able to send the live HD signal is, is pretty tough to do. And I think that you do it off the Canadian towers. It might be more expensive. I don't really know. I, uh, I don't know if it's more of a, you know, the rumors I've heard is that if you go to Canada, you have to be vaccinated. So then they can't tell the whole group, well, you either have to get vaccinated or you can't go to Canada. So they just shut the whole thing off. I don't know all the reasons, yeah. <laughs> um, but I some... know that I, I don't like it because I want to fish in, in Canada. Yeah, so. regardless of the reason, you're not happy on that. I, I think, yeah. uh, you know, the whole Canadian border thing is just crazy with all this COVID stuff, all the stories you hear. So I can imagine it's there's probably a lot to it, you know. And a lot of guys you're speaking to, hey, they're trying to put on a show. Mm-hmm. They're going to stream it. Uh, we see that with MPFL. Like, we we have to go places with service. Obviously, you keep, some of the best yeah. lakes in the country you can't stream from, so we don't get to go to those, unfortunately. You know? Know, and, it, know. And, it, and it is a bummer when that does get in the way of what could potentially be an incredible tournament. But those oh, those man, events yeah. are certainly set up more than I think you would agree with the you know with the way the format is and everything. No way ins. Mm-hmm. You're not bringing any back. It's it's definitely. It's always going to be about the live for them, right? More than yeah, anything. Yeah, that's that's their you know the the live and TV shows. You know, production is a very very big deal for them. You know, whereas in other tournaments, you still have the weigh in to where it doesn't matter if the guy doesn't have cell service. You know, they can send a camera with them. They'll yep. have stuff for the TV show, but that's they don't right. have live. But live is such a beneficial uh, part of major league fishing. You know the. Numbers are really strong, and so it's it's definitely a major, major push for them. And so, you know, we have to have signal. In fact, everywhere we go, they have to have signal. If we're in an area that we do not have signal, you're only allowed a certain amount of time in there before you have to leave and go and get signal again. Oh, wow. Back in. Okay, I didn't know that. That's interesting. So For the you know, score tracker and all that. Part of, you know, people being able to watch – uh, the leaderboard and know that it's actually an official leaderboard. That's Jeez. kind of all part of their, okay. their strategy. That's interesting. I never so so is that like a written rule where is there a time frame on that? Like thirty minutes without signal? How does that work? I think it's a fifteen minute. I don't I don't wow. know what the okay. official rule is behind it, but you can run and what's funny is that I've been in areas where you don't have like say Sam Rayburn where Yes, that's where I was gonna bring up next. Yeah. Yeah, where where you don't have uh you don't have signal for a little bit, but what's funny is that it'll pop back up. So you never have to leave because all you have to do is be able to get that signal to transmit. Okay. So if you're in and out of service, just as long as it's still sending in your stats on saying, Hey, you know, Brent caught another one. Now he's in 20th place. Just as long as it keeps up with that, you're fine. But okay. if you're out of that range, then you have to go out and send your signal back saying, Hey, I've, you know, I'm, I still haven't caught anything or yes, I have caught some or, you know, it's just part of that staying connected throughout yeah. the whole tournament. No, no doubt about it. Do you think that that, uh, cause you, you were with MLF in the beginning, the very first TV shows you were really, I, I think, and don't, don't quote me on this anybody, but uh, y'all fact check me. They always do. But I believe you were the only FLW tour only guy in that initial field. Correct. I was. Yeah. yeah I, I thought was, you were, it was all bass guys and you. In the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. I was, uh, you know, fortunate enough to uh, be involved from the very beginning. And 
Um, you know, the funny thing about that is I won the very first tournament. Yes. Kind of <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Amstad, um, right? That was so long ago. Dude, I think that was 10, 11 years ago. Yes. Now. But um, yeah, it was fun to be involved in you at the time. We were doing the dark events where we were allowed to say, you know, we had non-disclosure agreements. Mm-hmm. And that was all about the TV show. Yep. Had nothing to do with live. So it was all about uh, getting the numbers on the TV show. You know, now any tournament that's out there, we know exactly what happens every evening. You know, mm-hmm. We can check to see what went down or we can watch live or whatever it is. So we know at the end of the day who's leading and who's in last. And when the tournament's over, we know who won and who finished last. So that was an event to push the TV show to get, you know, to force people to go watch the TV show. Right, right. And, uh, you know, whereas now, you know, with a lot of the stuff now is a guy could – go oh yeah this is coming up on tv oh well i already know that that absolutely one or i already know that so-and-so won and you know they probably wouldn't watch it as much so that was the original part of the fishing back in the day and uh, i was involved with them back it had to have been oh nine it was a long time ago i don't remember the exact date but i I remember that event very 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 well yeah yeah it was different over on lake amistad yeah yeah and and so, throwing a rigs right? Some uh, I I didn't. I there were guys throwing it though. Yeah. I remember down there. Kelly Jordan maybe caught Kelly a big. Jordan yeah. did, yeah. yeah. And, and actually, a funny story. So going back to that not having signal thing, you know, you have that live leaderboard, and it was such a, a weird event. I remember that first time. It was new, yeah. It was new, and you're hearing, you know, there was you had to be in the top four to advance, and. I was out of the top four and I remember, or I was in the top four and I was in fourth. And then the guy gave me an update saying, Oh, you just got bumped to fifth. And I remember having just made a perfect cast, you know, I cast to something, whatever it was, the bait hit the water and he told me, Oh, well now you just dropped to fifth. And my immediate reaction was I need to fish faster and get to a different area. I just reeled the bait in and made another cast instead of fishing that bait out. <laughs> wow. You know, it was kind of that rush feel to it. And at the end of the day, I was way back in a creek and didn't have any service, and I caught two or three in a row, and Aaron Martins was the last guy in, but I was out of signal, and he <laughs> didn't know. They didn't know oh, no. until we were, it was the end of the day, and I'm running in, and all of a sudden updated when I was halfway in that I was the last guy in and bumped Aaron out. Oh, Wow. And that's kind of part of the, you know, they, they don't want any surprises like that. <laughs> that's that's cool, man. So so you've been with it uh, since the beginning. So the format was, you were no stranger to the format, obviously, when BPT started. Do you feel like that format, format benefits you? Um, or are you still, I mean, do you think your strengths are more on the five fish side? Like, I, I just, I love asking guys that question because obviously, you're a guy that has excelled at both formats, so it doesn't really matter, right? But I'm saying, do you like that format personally for you? Do you think it fits your style? Um, it depends from from tournament to tournament. You know, I've had uh, I've had days where five fish format, I I would have been up there in the top couple, mm-hmm. but didn't catch enough, and so it didn't matter. And I've had it where I didn't catch very many big ones, but because I caught more, um, I was there, but. I think to actually win, it is a lot harder to win on this format. I would agree uh, at with least that. for me. I would for agree. For me, with it that. feels yeah. like it's harder for me to find 
those schools where I can catch more of them, I think that, you know, I'm, I'm probably a little bit better about catching some of the, you know, fewer big ones. I think, mm-hmm. I don't really know. I just, you know, I haven't really had in the last, we've been doing this for four years. You know, I just haven't had a good run at the win, uh, in this format. So I, I, I'm guessing I'm probably a little bit better at catching a five fish limit, you know, maybe catch yeah. a few bigger ones that, that really help. I, I don't know. Does um, it, you know, do you think, is, is it more challenging? Do you think having to make it through all those rounds and catch so many fish, right? And what I mean by that is you go the, you go the first two days and you got the knockout round. If you don't win your group, do you think that makes it harder to eventually win the event? Because you have to catch so many sometimes to make that top 10 round? Yeah, for sure. And I, you know, this, this format is, is, is way harder across the board than a five fish limit format. You know, you can survive on a multi-day tournament by not catching them very well yes. <laughs> with a five-fish format. You know, you look at a day where, you know, I've had plenty of those days where I did well in a tournament. You know, I take the Chesapeake Bay. Day one, I caught five fish. Day two, I caught five fish. <laughs> day three, I caught four fish, and I missed the cut by ounces. <laughs> you know, in, in this kind of format, the guys that are up there in the top five, top ten, you know, they are probably catching 10 fish that day, you know, but because I only caught five, but the, you know, the, the limit was five. I mean, I survived. Yep. And you can max out is what you mean. I mean, like when you get down in BPT, I mean, and you're looking up, like if you're in 20th and you're looking at whoever's got 80 pounds, you're like, well, (laughs) it's survival time, I guess, you know? And and the other interesting thing is that uh, there's no laying off. You know, in a five fish turn, you know, limit uh, tournament, there's so many days where I've found the right thing to do well. And and, and I'll be done at nine o'clock in the morning, eight o'clock in the morning and and be like, all right, saving these for tomorrow and Mm going to move around, try and expand. And, you know, you lay off your area, your primary area early in here, you know, you fish it all day because, you know, one, every fish counts and two, if you go and just start practicing, practicing, start running around the lake and not worrying about catching any fish, you're past, you're done, <laughs> you know? And, and there's times too, where the fishing is so good that you will not make a 10 minute run because you know that in that 10 minute run period, you're going to lose ground. It's going to be lighting up. <laughs> and that's, that's a rare, you know, we had that, at, I want to say it was table rock yep. fishing was so good that you couldn't run you had to pick the right area and stay there yeah you started running around you just start going back you, you were screwed i remember that event and, and guy and remember guys talking about that on live saying man i, I got a place 10 minutes from here but i, I can't do it <laughs> because I, i'll be yeah. so behind uh man you have been a pioneer to me in merging that gap between social media influencer and professional angler and what i mean by that is your relationship with GoPro and your constant flow of con- content is so is something that I've I've respected your guy I've looked up to for a long time in in that regard, man. Um, Thank you. How did how did you make that decision so long ago? Because I feel like everybody else has has been chasing you down. Honestly, you know what I'm saying. Like you've got a few guys that get it, but I think as far as representing the sport and representing your sponsors, like your social media, I've said in meetings with sponsors about you that they're like, hey use Brent as this example. Like when did that click for you 
that that was something you wanted to get more it was it your involvement with gopro uh i think it probably started with the involvement but just seeing it as a tool is is a big deal you know you look at um you, know, you look at somebody with with not much of a of a social media presence versus a guy that does and you look at a non-social media guy that will make a post once a month and <laughs> his reach is a thousand people and you look at someone that you know does it multiple times and their their reach per post could be you know thirty thousand so mm-hmm. you know on the sponsor side it, it just it makes more sense you know do you want a guy that can get in front of a thousand people or do you want a guy that can get in front of thirty thousand people you know or a hundred thousand people you know if you do a combined between several platforms you know a guy does one thing on one product and in you know they're around a hundred thousand people which on an advertising standpoint you know one thousand versus a hundred thousand is kind of a no-brainer you <laughs> yeah, know? so no doubt i've just i have seen it as an effective tool and i think it probably started with gopro um you know they obviously have the camera and and have an awesome presence but they you know a lot of their um a lot of what they do is social media based you know or really cool content on youtube or really cool videos that they do with you know a guy on a motocross bike or a guy snow skiing or mountain biking whatever it is they have really neat content and then they are able to share it with a lot of people and i think it kind of just stems from there and i kind of felt like there was a lot of value to it early on and and just kind of stuck with it and i uh i wouldn't say i was a pioneer and i just i think i was probably early in the game but you know, there's so many guys doing it now that I feel like I'm kind of right there just in the mix, but not, uh, you, know, you think that if, if, since I was the, you know, an earlier one in the game that I'd have a stronger presence than a lot of people, but I, I don't necessarily have that, but, um, you know, I feel like it's just an effective tool and, and it's something for me to, to use and, and kind of the business side of the fishing and plus just getting cool content out there. If something funny happens or something neat, neat happens, just great to share it with a lot of people. Well, my, my thing is, I think your content is so genuine in that you share everything, man. You, you share your, your family, you share, you're out there mountain biking, you're having wrecks, <laughs> then you got a drop shot video, then you're over here riding in rough water in your boat. Like there's so many things, man. I, I think you, you do it well. So my hat's off to you. It's you, you're definitely there. There might be a lot of guys doing it now, but I still think your social so, so good. And man, and you're just a genuine guy. I've, I've had the pleasure to to get to know you over the years, and uh, I can't thank you yeah. enough for for joining me on LBL. I'm going to ask you one more thing because I I feel like it's something I got to ask, and that fans want to know. Um, and is that will we ever with this great divide in bass fishing will we ever see a guy such as yourself back in the Bassmaster Classic one of these days? Is that something because that tournament is is one of the bigs, if not the biggest? Is that something that you would like to do in your career? For sure. You know, that's, uh, um, you know, I always liked the classic, you know, that was always such a premier event. Um, you know, I started my career with FLW and fished FLW for a number of years. And, you know, the, when I was with FLW, I kind of just always thought, man, I would love to go and fish a Bassmaster classic. That was always something that was really neat to me. And, uh, it's such a neat event. You know, will I be there again someday? I don't know. I'm not going to say no. I'm not going to say for sure. Yeah. I just don't know what's going to happen in the future, but I do know it would be a fun event to win. Um, I have, you know, I had the privilege of fishing a few of them. I had a couple of close calls. 
with it, but uh, really a premier event. You know, they all are. You know, the Forestwood Cup was such a premier event. The Bass yeah, that's Classic one I definitely event. miss is the Cup for sure. I've talked about that on here a few times. It, it bums me out. That does bum me out because, man, it was such a cool event. Yeah. I was at the one you won down there in Birmingham, man. You guys rode to the freaking weigh-in in a helicopter, bro. That's so crazy, huh? <laughs> you know, like, I remember that, man. It was so wild. Uh, crazy. So wild, man, to see where where things have, you know, all the craziness that have, that came with those. Did you win a million in that one, or is it a half million? No, it was a half. It was okay. the next year they went to the million, and that was the one that Suggs won. That's right. That's right. Suggles out there in, in yeah. Hot Springs, man. Oh, yeah. awesome. Good good stuff, dude. I, I appreciate you so much. And uh, hopefully we can get you uh, – I, I may have to come to California to do it, but on one of these boats and pros that I'm doing. I think a, I think a deep dive on your life would be pretty cool on uh, on a boats and pros. I think folks would enjoy that. But, yeah. I, but I appreciate you, dude. I wish you the out. best of luck at St. Clair, dude. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate right, thank- it for sure. Let me know if you want to come out this way. Absolutely, okay. dude. We'll do it. <laughs> Thank you, Brent. Thank you. Brent Ayler. He's one of the good ones out there. Such a solid dude. Great, great angler. Man, I, I forgot that truly when when all the, the split came about and everybody's kind of going their separate ways and things from Bass, you know, Brent was a guy that went from FLW to the Elite Series he left FLW, had a long career with FLW, several wins, won the cup. He qualified for the Elite Series and went that direction over there. And then, of course, left for BPT. But he was one of that. And he may, and I, and I you know, it's none of my business, obviously. Uh, he may be part owner. He may be part of the ownership group. He was the only guy that I remember from that, that Amistad tournament down there. He won it. The first ever MLF that was made for TV. He was the only FLW, only guy, only FLW guy, and uh, that was that was very cool in that original group. I do remember that, and he and then he won it because I thought that was very cool because I was very pro FLW, and he won that, and I was like, hell yeah! Uh, so he's been with Major League Fishing as a brand for a very 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 long time. Interesting there about the classic. I mean, I, I just I think that's everybody. I think you're lying to yourself. Uh, if you say you don't want to win that or you don't want to compete in it again, you know, whether some of these guys will ever get the chance again, I don't know. I don't know. Um, but I wish Brent a lot of luck up there at St. Clair. It'd be cool to see him win Angler of the Year. He's he's one of the good guys for sure. As Swindle says, wearing his skinny jeans and his Chuck Taylor son out there kicking ass and taking names. Thanks to each and every one of you guys and gals out there, you lowlifers, for listening. We are uh, – very thankful in the Duncan household that uh, I get to do this every week, and I'm I'm grateful for each and every one of you out there that uh, support all the craziness that is LBL and the traveling circus. Got some boats and pros coming. Got some uh, got a couple guests lined up for boats and pros this week. That's uh, doing some scheduling, and we're fixing to knock some out. Me and old Tanner Wright, Tanner Lines, get those to you very soon. All right, I'm gonna take you out with Biloxi Blues, and I will see y'all. Next time, make sure to hug your dad, got mama. Go balls. Well, I'm gonna leave them in the past. Any direction, Lord, I'll be fine. It don't matter, east or west. North, south, wherever the wind blows, I'm leaving those burdens at rest.
does not know my name and I don't care, no, I don't care. And a spare Just a white line gypsy Getting out of Mississippi With just enough gas To keep there 